Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito Hey there, welcome to ATL on 29, a Peachtree Hoops podcast where we look at the NBA from the starting point of Atlanta. I'm here with Tyler Jones. Tyler is watching the Masters and he was just screaming as, was it Tiger finished 18? Yeah, Tiger just finished 18 with a, sadly with a par putt. He had a chance to birdie 17 and 18 from, you know, decent distances. He should have nailed the most. Like he should be up or, you know, he should be down one uh, since it's golf or whatever, but ah uh, man. So he's tied it's, for the it's lead. It's still good. He, nah, he's he's uh he's, oh, he's one back. He's, he's one back. Six. Uh, yeah. So so it's gonna be a fun weekend with him. He's he's in he's in contention. That's that's all that matters with Tiger and the Masters. That's all we need. That's all we need. Is he limping? Nah, he looks great. Nah. He's not limping. He he got whacked in the ankle or the Achilles or something. <laughs> that was um, I feel bad for that security guy I, I don't know why he was he must have just forgot where he was but that was messed up but um, <laughs> no the call the call afterwards were they, were they going over the replay you would have thought like somebody had you know <laughs> shot something in the bunker by the way they reacted I'm like oh that's that's just a great call it's a great call but no Tiger looks good uh, you know, it's because the they can't. Eye. They can't scream. They have to do their muffled. Oh, yeah, exactly, exactly. So that's why it was super hilarious. Oh man! All right. So you're gonna be watching golf instead of basketball this weekend? Uh, probably. Uh, <laughs> I have. Who's playing? Uh, oh, on, thought... especially on Saturday. Yeah, it, isn't it Sixers? It's just two games, Sixers, uh, Nets, which has now probably, I mean, the Nets can win that series. So. It's interesting, I, yeah. All right, I'll, I'll get you there I in a minute. We, I'll get you there in a minute. But yeah, let, yeah. let's do Hawks news first. So uh, Kent Bazemore re-signed. Are you shocked? Or not uh, re-signed, he wasn't picked getting... up his option. Sorry. Kent Bazemore picked up his player option for 2019-20. How surprised are you? Uh zero uh he wasn't getting 19 in the open market and especially with how the way his season ended like if he if he would have continued his play before his ankle injury uh maybe he would have deliberated more over his decision but you know the way his season ended like i don't know to me it felt like he he lost like he came back but he just wasn't the same athletically to me right um and so, like, he, he really struggled to end the year. And so it's just like, it was just a natural thing where it's like, all right, I got this $19 million in the bag. Uh, so hopefully he, he can come back healthy because, I mean, the Hawks can still use his services, but, you know, on the whole, you could say it's been a, a kind of disappointing season for him considering yeah, how well right. he played last year. Absolutely. And like you said, you know, we kind of tailed off at the end, so – he wasn't going to get 19 yeah, on the I, open market, but he could have gotten one of those deals where he kind of gives up some money now to kind of secure his future, you know, and add some extra years later. You know, he could, yeah. he could have done something like that, that kind of deal. And that's not going to be available now either. I don't think so. It was pretty smart to like just if pick he, that if option he, up. If he would have continued his strong play from last season and then what he was doing before, like I really, I don't think he really ever recovered from the high ankle sprain that he he got. Right. Uh, even though he came back, because 
don't know, just watching some of his games late, like he just wasn't getting the lift. Yeah, um, I mean, you could kind of see on some of those missed dunks where it was just like he just didn't get high. Yeah, enough. yeah. So he he might have he might have been struggling through injuries that that could probably explain. Um, you know, Kent Bazemore for better or worse, he's a guy who really relies on his athleticism, and you know, it's not it's not like he's he's got good skill, but and he's worked his way up there. But um, yeah, you know, he's somebody who relies on energy, effort, and athleticism, and if he's missing uh. He's missing one of those uh, components. Like it, it, it can get tough for him. And you always like your wings big, and he—he's not the biggest wing either. So he has uh, to have that. Sadly, he's not. He's the, the he and Bembry suffer from not being big enough right. to switch on the bigs, and then at the same time, they can't really run an offense. Uh, and so it's just like it's just really tough for them to have a positive impact if they're not making shots. Baysmore before the injury was making shots, right. and you know throughout throughout his Hawks career he's been a he's been around a thirty five to thirty eight percent three point shooter, you know pretty good catch and shoot guy. So uh, hopefully he can get that back uh, starting next season. All right. So yesterday we had uh, exit interviews day, and the picture for summer league looks like uh, Trey Young and Kevin Hurdle will go there. Presumably, do some practices, maybe even, but they're not going to play in summer league. Uh, Utah summer league, by the way, is gone. Right? They did two summer leagues last year. This year, it's just the one in Vegas. Uh, and no young, no herder, but you will get Jalen Adams, Amari Spellman, Deontay Davis. So. What do you what do you think there? You know, did did it make? We've talked about it before, but does just kind of fit with what you expected, or did you expect to see a little bit of Herder? Uh, it's about what I expected. I mean, if you look at the amount of minutes Herder played, like he's played so much, like there's just no, like summer league is not for him at this point. He's kind of he's kind of graduated from summer league play just due to the fact that of how much he he's played and how set his role is in, in with Atlanta. Like there's like there, there, there really is no need for him to go out there and, uh, you know, risk potential injury on games that don't really matter and won't really help his development for him. Like he, like he was getting his development during the season and he's going to get it like during, during next season. It, it's really for, you know, Spellman and Adams to really expand on their games and improve on what they did, uh, previous season, you know, their rookie year. Right. Like the only thing we thought, at least on my end, you know, that the only thing he really stood to gain was just more time playing point guard. But really, I mean, it makes sense he, not to, you know, just, just Kevin, you know, go eat omelets and lift weights and, and get strong. And that's, I mean, that's pretty much what he said is his goal is for this off season. So uh, that that's where it's heading. And that kind of makes sense. Yeah. And, and again, like he, Honestly, he probably had more minutes during the NBA season running the offense than what he was going to ever do in summer league. So, oh sure, the last two months he got a lot like, of it. Like yeah, post Jeremy yeah, exactly. Lin. So it's just like yeah. So it really it's just it's just a like what exactly are you going to get from playing Herder here against lesser competition? Like it's just like he he was running. He was he he went multiple games where he. He was the backup point or the Suedo backup point guard yeah, sharing he, the wall with Embry. Yeah, sometimes it was like 60-40 or something, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, he did it yep. during during real NBA games. It's not something that it's not something that we haven't seen from him. When he would do it, right. you know, it was, it's, it's such, you know, I mean, we talked about it before. It's such an odd thing with him where he really is physical. He's a physical dribbler in that guys can't just overpower him to get the ball. Like right. he, he's very good at keeping the ball away from defenders for steals until he gets around the rim where he kind of just stops his momentum and goes for those floaters. And that's, and like, to me, that's just, I, I don't think he, he was going to improve on that in summer league. Um, that, that I feel like he, he'd probably get like, cause I mean, he knows what he needs to work on. He gets, he has to get stronger if for no other reason, just to have more confidence in his body. That he he's not gonna like die because <laughs> sometimes it does feel like he feels that 
you know, his life is going to be his life is going to end if he goes up too strong and he gets fouled hard. So if he can build up his confidence to where he feels comfortable and finishing through contact and going up strong to get to the free throw line, that that would be a big boom for the Hawks because it, you know, he's super talented and you know the Hawks, you know they they need him to be they need him and Trey both to be tougher, uh, you know, especially on the defensive end, but for her to offensively as well because he's he's leaving points on the table not being able to attack the rim some yeah. as some of his athletic capabilities should be doing. Yep. I mean Pierce even brought it up yesterday. You know, it's like something that has to get better. All right. Anything else relative to the Hawks in the last week or so since we talked that seems newsworthy? Uh that was a terrible end to the season. Uh uh, uh, Bembry fouling a three-point shot <laughs> after Torian Prince hits a 30-footer. Like, that's just, that left such a sour taste in my mouth. Like, it, like I mean, there, there really isn't a difference between 29 and 30, but 30 just sounds better. Right. And, and to lose that way where, I mean, come it's, on, man. It's funny because it's like the whole, the whole last month that was just kind of this gradual shut it down, who gives a crap, you know, we're going to rest these three five, three, three guys. And then all of a sudden on that last game, it's like you had two days of rest. Everybody's playing. You're going for it. The fans are into it. So that that was that just felt like a much more intense game than anything from like the past three weeks. And so that kind of made it seem like more of a letdown, too, because they went for it and they didn't get it. Yeah, and I mean, it, it's just a. I imagine it was a frustrating game for everybody because the starters were just – I mean, the starters were really good. The starters were bad. Yeah, and, like, I mean, the issues are the issues. The the bench, you know, the Hawks were playing guys that, you know, are G League caliber players. Yeah, but even uh, then, like I said, they were going – like they played – what, they played Humphreys one minute and Davis three. So, they, you know, they even tapered back on that yeah. kind of stuff. They were going for it. Even yeah. though they played them, they, it was kind of token play them. They, I mean, they played, but like when they played, they were really bad. Oh sure, yeah, they lost. Um, they lost like really minutes. damaging for the game. Yeah, yeah, those minutes were uh, that's just right. And so, but I mean, that's besides the point. The game at the end of the day really didn't matter all that much. It's just no. good to see everybody came out healthy, and um, hopefully they'll be ready for uh, you know, for some of those guys, some of the league, but you know, they they work on what they need to do over the off season. Get ready for next what October, whenever the season starts in twenty nineteen twenty. Did anything in the last couple of months kind of? Work? This is supposed to be an Eastern Conference playoff preview, and I'm just taking all over the place. But anything about the last month or two kind of change what you think Torian Prince's long term prospects might be here? I mean, he's eligible for this extension. He'll be what a, a restricted free agent next summer, but. And there might be teams coming to look for him. Do you, do you think? Do you think that he is viewed as sort of a long-term piece of this picture? It's tough. I, the issue with talking about is the Torian is a long-term fit. All that good stuff is that at the end of the day, he probably was the Hawks' best wing player on the on the aggregate for the season. Um, it's just super frustrating that, you know, he's not better. Just really defensively. Right. Um, you know, he has his problem offensively. Like uh, it, some stuff is, <laughs> some stuff is a funny joke about him being a black hole on offense. Due to the fact that he's just a really poor passer, but <laughs> I don't I, like to me like that doesn't bother me that much because he's a great catch and shoot three guy and he's he not is. somebody who has the ball in his hands that much to where he's right. damaging right. when he does go in you know black hole mode so like that doesn't really bother me. Um, and you know if, if he is, is, they haven't done it as much this year. But like uh, if he is like a long term piece, and you get serious about winning and stuff, which you know I don't think really has been the case, like. They've done a lot of hockey line changes this year where it's just like, here's the five starters and, you know, 
we'll put in two or three guys on the bench, and then here are the other two guys on the bench, and all of a sudden it's an all-bench unit. You know, you can get Torrey in more offense once you get more serious about this as a as a. That that doesn't sound like a. I, I hear what you're saying. That sounds like a terrible idea to me. He cannot. He like I. I felt like early on in the season the Hawks were trying to get him to be a better playmaker in the role, and like the Hawks were so bad. I don't think you the put the ball in his hands. hands. I just think that if you're running a, a crappier pick and roll combo there's going to be more times where the ball leaves the pick and roll. Like Trey and John are so freaking good at the pick and roll that a lot of times you don't even have to pass out of the pick and roll. Let's just do what those two guys do. And one of those two is going to get a shot. Like he can get more shots on the wing, just playing with a crappier big and a crappier point guard who aren't going to be able to get their own shots as much. Even I'm not even yeah, saying put the ball in that crap. I, I don't know if that crappier point guard is going to set him up for great catch and shoot opportunities from three, the way Trey Young does. Like I, like, I don't – like, to me, if you're going to do that, then the wing that's playing alongside Trey Young has to be as good of a three-point shooter as Torian Prince. Like, and that and that's the issue. Because um, it, it's – when Torian and Kevin aren't on the floor, the Hawks are pretty stoppable offensively. Sure. You just help off of who, who whichever wing, either Baysmore or Bingley, because they're just not that damaging of a shooter. Yep. And so you really just help off those two on the pick and roll. And, you know, because you really, you really saw the Hawks really miss Deadman shooting. Oh, and yeah. that kind of, you know, even though Alex Lynn was hitting uh, late, you know, still teams weren't really respecting his jumper just to, just due to the newness of it. So, like, um, going forward, the Hawks are just going to need more wings who can make open catch and shoot threes like Torian Prince so that, right. You know, you don't feel so... Well, I'm assuming like, to me, they the, almost have to. Like, it, I, I'm kind I, of... Assu- that, I, I'm I taking mean, that as an assumption, like, through the draft, through free agency. Like, that's I, I, that's the biggest thing. I, I look at with such pessimistic eyes, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if the Hawks are going to be able to do that. Like, Really? That the wings that are better than Torian Prince are going to cost upwards of 18 to $22 million a season. Are the Hawks really going to spend that type of money? Uh, I told you, I, I want Danny that, Green. Right. Give him, give him two. Yeah, Danny Green's going to cost. I, I don't know if that's going to work, and like I don't, I don't even know if that's going to be enough to get Danny Green. Like, and besides, like, is Danny Green really going to leave a contender? Uh, so I, I don't know. I don't see the Hawks getting that caliber of free agent um, veteran, maybe they can, they can course Trevor Ariza. That, that might be the hope, but then it goes to why are you paying Trevor Ariza uh, one year? Are you really trying to go out there and win? So it, it's going to be really interesting to, to see what the Hawks are going to try to do this off season. I, I hope that, you know, the Hawks are more prudent in their, um, you know, in their finance. Uh, Cause like, I don't think there's. I don't think they should be rushing, rushing it. Uh, right. You know, let it. I, I'm I'm okay with them letting it build organically. Oh, I think um, that's the problem. Since the last time we talked, pro- I've convinced myself that like they don't want a they don't want a real they don't want Kevin Durant. Like you say, oh, if Kevin Durant would come here, I almost think that it's like a bluff. Like we're open to signing a, a top tier free agent. We want to get a meeting with a top tier free agent just because. The meeting itself sends a signal, hey, we got the meeting. You know what I mean? I think they're just Kevin, trying to Kevin, advance I, that he, timetable. I There is not a team in the NBA that doesn't want Kevin Durant. That is uh, – I like, the Hawks get Kevin Durant, they're a title contender. Right. So, because, I mean, Kevin Durant is literally one of the, what, 15 greatest basketball players of all time. Uh, and – it's just like he's you, it's still in his prime. Like, and I know, I know all the yeah. That none of that matters. Like I, I don't care. I give me like so we we put that aside. They're not getting Kevin Durant. Um, right. If they get the meeting, it's cute. Uh, right. But if they the have ops, like they they want like make make no mistake, the Hawks want Kevin Durant and they want Kawhi Leonard. They're not getting either of them. No. Um, There's no so chance they get. Kawhi. Since they're not getting those two, like you know, S class. Monstars, uh, you know, there, there, there really is no value 
for the Hawks in free agency other than, you know, maybe supplementing the roster with, uh, you know, young guys like they did with Alex Lynn, uh, you know, guys on the second contract who, right. you know, the previous team, you know, they fell out of favor uh, that could fit, um, kind of fit what the Hawks timeline is and go from there. Mario Hazonia. No. 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 Come on. I think secretly the guy they want is Clay Thompson. Like, he's just kind of plugged in. I mean, he's not. And he's. Yeah, but he's not leaving Golden State. No, he's not leaving Golden State. But I think that's. Honestly, I think if they had to direct their resources into making one push and one pitch, I think that's the one that they would direct their resources to. They would direct all their resources to Kevin Durant, and then they'd shift it to Kawhi Leonard. They might go Kawhi Leonard first, then Kevin Durant, uh, and then they'll they'll send out the birdie that hey, we're interested in Clay Thompson too. Though, but uh, no, but like all resources will be going into trying to get Kevin Durant just to have a sit down with the team just for the PR booth, which I don't care for, and I don't like. Oh, free agents will come here. I'm like, I, who cares if free agents come here? The Hawks don't need to worry about free agency right now. They're not. That's not where they are on the development curve. They need to continue to build through the draft. That's continue right. to find, um, continue to find talents like Alex Lynn and go from there. I just think they know that. Like, so I, I just. I don't think they want that rapid accelerant to their timeline. That's, I mean, I suppose you could try to build the winner overnight and trade the young players and stuff, but it would just be so weird. Anyways, I took you way too far afield. We we have to do this again uh, when we're not doing other teams, but I promised you that we would do an Eastern Conference playoff preview. Where do you want to start? Uh, let's start with the boring ones. Uh, What's Milwaukee boring? Bucks versus Bucks Pistons. Bucks uh, Pistons. That's a that is a four zero sweep. I will be <laughs> shocked if the Pistons even get within twenty points, or like if they get it within single digits in any game. That that will be a surprise. Like, even if Blake Griffin was healthy, Giannis is just. Like Blake Griffin just has no chance against Giannis on either end of the floor, and the the Pistons rely on Blake Griffin for everything. And so, yeah. you know, since they can't get reliable points from Blake Griffin, like I I don't know how the Pistons are going to score. I don't know how they're going to stop Milwaukee. Like it, it's just it's going to be a it's going to be a route on that one. So I'm with you. We don't have to and, say too much, but just like stylistically. Detroit's exactly the kind of team Milwaukee wants. They want to stop your big guys. They want to make sure that you can't score at the rim. They want to make sure that you can't score in the fast break. And you've got a puncher's chance against Milwaukee if you can shoot, and especially if your bigs can shoot. And Andre Drummond isn't going to do that. It's it's bad. It's going to be really bad. And they don't have, like, Pistons don't have any wings either, so. No. Do you want to trust Wayne Ellington and Luke Kennard? Yeah. They just don't have have enough players. Yeah. Yeah, you, like, go down the roster, and it's it's just scary. It's like, okay, Bullock, fine. But Ellington and Kennard and Ish Smith, I mean, as soon as you get into that bench, it's scary. It's like there's maybe four Pistons that I trust, and – like we said before, even stylistically, even trusting those four Pistons is just – it's stuff that Milwaukee can, I mean, can take away. If Blake Griffin were healthy, um, you know, maybe Blake Griffin could figure something out. They can get some cross – get Giannis off of Blake and then have him go to work because I, I think he can score on anybody except Giannis, and, and that's just the issue. Uh, and, like, he, he just doesn't have them. He doesn't have the size or the athleticism to really, to really deter uh, Giannis from like just bossing him around on either end of the floor, and that's kind of unfortunate considering Blake Griffin was absolutely one of the fifteen best basketball players in the NBA this season. Fair enough. 
Do we need to say more about that one? It's like a two minute preview. But no, it's it's a it's going to be a beatdown. The Pistons don't have enough players. They play the wrong way, and it's a mismatch right at the top too with with number one against number one on each team. So it's like bad for the Pistons, bad for the Pistons, bad for the Pistons, and the Bucks have enough. You know, I don't know that the Bucks have enough depth compared with the other Eastern Conference playoff teams, but you know, especially whatever the health situation is at the moment. But right now. Lining them up, you know, one to ten against the Pistons, or one to eight, however, however deep you think these rotations will go, they're going to get the edge off the bench too. So, oof. yeah. So, I guess the the next one would be we. I guess we can just go in the order. Uh, Raptors Magic. Okay. I like the Magic. The Magic have played, you know, some good basketball to end the season. As Hawks fans should know. <laughs> Considering the Hawks stood no chance at beating them this season, zero, which is is that a Deadman thing? Is that just like he sees his old college teammate Busevic and he just kind of just kind of wilts? It seems like that's sort of where it starts in all these matchups. USC guy against USC guy. I feel like I've said this on multiple podcasts. Busevic has dominated the Hawks front court since he's been in Orlando. Like it's just it doesn't matter. Who the person is, uh, he's just a bad matchup for all of them. And probably because, you know, Vooch is, you know, he's turned himself into a great basketball player. And so, you know, against the Raptors, unfortunately, the problem with the Magic is while their defense is going to be really good, I don't know how they're going to score um, because the Raptors are, you know, probably better. The Magic, uh, the Magic have the worst offense in the playoffs. Let's just start there. Yeah, like yeah. I don't all know 16, how the Magic, one to sixteen, they're sixteen. Like they're bad. And you know the Raptors getting Marcus all really just—I mean that—that's just that's the type of thing you do when you feel like you got a contender because that—that was the one thing that the Raptors were missing all season was a big, you know, you know, JV Jonas Valanciunas. While he's good, he doesn't have the uh, defensive versatility that Gasol has. You know, Gasol's just a better. He's just a smarter, better uh, shooter, better passer, better defender. <laughs> yeah, he's just a. I mean, he's. It's weird. I don't. I don't actually think he's that much better because I think what JV's really good at, he's a lot better than what Marcus All is. It's just that Marcus All doesn't have any weaknesses, right? And as such, when come playoff time, like there's nothing you can really attack Marcus All with, and you know him going up against Vooch, like. There's no, there's no real advantage Vooch has over Gasol, and that's really the only, the only plus plus offensive player that they have. Out, you know him and DJ Augustine. Augustine runs into the same problem that hey Kyle Lowry. I mean, Kyle Lowry is a killer. Like he, like that dude does not care. He plays his butt off night in night out on both ends of the floor, regardless of how well he's shooting. People complain about his playoff performances. I don't see it. Every time I watch that man play, he plays with like just a level of ferocity that I wish one Hawks perimeter defender would play with in their life. Like I, <laughs> it, it, it's an, like that's that's another side for another podcast. But I really wish somebody on the Hawks would play with that level of intensity that Lowry plays. Like he is just an animal uh, defensively, and then you know he's just really good at running the show on offense, and so. Like, the Raptors are just a much better basketball team. You think he's better than DJ Augustine? Uh, without question. So, <laughs> um, and I like so DJ like Augustine in this match. So I think there's going to be a, another full sweep. And again, Kawhi Leonard uh, probably going to get, you know, unleashed Kawhi both into the floor. He's going to play every night. He's going to play 35-plus minutes a night. I don't know how the Magic going to score on that man. I don't know how they're going to stop him. Uh, Aaron Gordon and uh, uh, Jonathan Isaac, Chris Singleton. Yeah, that's that's not a bad comp. I, I kind of like that one. That, that I seems, mean, that's apples I mean, to apples. State, they're Florida State guys, um, right? Yeah, but Jonathan Isaac has no chance. Uh, like I, I think it's a cute story. Kawhi think- Leonard is a monster. I don't think they're. Like gonna, I, I, I think they're going to put Aaron Gordon on him, and I kind of like that matchup. Like, it's not like I'm. Yeah, I don't think not, Aaron Gordon's going to stop him. But like, if you say, okay, you know, look at the other playoff teams and tell me 
which one has a good chance of putting somebody on Kawhi. I kind of like Aaron Gordon. Like, and to go yeah. big, you know, in, have that big, theory, small forward. Yeah, in theory, that works. In practice, Kawhi is just going to eat him up because it doesn't matter. He's that good. Like, it's like I've seen I, Kawhi Leonard dominates Andre Iguodala. Kawhi Leonard dominates every wing defender in the NBA. I've yet to see somebody have the physical strength to stop Kawhi Leonard in the mid race. He's, he's one of the best ISO players in the game. Like and when you know think when the when the uh, when the Raptors need a bucket they're just gonna go Kawhi ISO top of the key and he's just gonna go to work and dominate like Aaron Gordon's too weak Jonathan Isaac I mean both of them are really just too weak like I don't and think it's no, cause, I think no it's just they're, bad. they're gonna be bad on offense like they'll do okay no, on Kawhi I, I, but then they're just gonna crap I, a turd on the other end and so Orlando's gonna get blown out. Uh, but. Like, I don't know. I, I mean, there's, there's some, like, when Kawhi got it going on offense, like, I, I just don't know if there's any one defender in the league that's going to stop him. Uh, so, ideally, they try to get the ball out of his hands just due to the fact that, you know, him as a passer, he's not as good. But, right. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't see Aaron Gordon having a shot at really deterring Kawhi from doing anything, but we'll see if how that that series goes. But like the other again, is like they're not going to be able to score, and then like their, their inability to score is going to bleed into their defense, and that's just going to break them. Yeah, uh, and they're just going to get swept. And they don't have a bench either. Like, who are you going to trust off? I mean, like Michael they Carter, got Terrence Williams. Ross. They got Terrence Ross. So who I love him. Revenge game, revenge series. That's true. He might not miss a three. The problem is might not he's going to be out there with Michael Carter Williams and Wes Wundu, and even Man, without it's, OG it's Ananobi, who just had an appendectomy. You know, I still like Toronto's bench way more. Uh, NCW side note: He's been really good for the Magic Heat. You know, he along can't with shoot. He's been yeah, fine I, defensively. I mean, I'm, I'm with you. Like, no, but I mean, he's been like he just Magic's compounds really the Magic's problems because he can't shoot. Yeah, but he's just a lot better than what they were throwing out there before. So, Ugh. like for for MCW, it's good that he found a role on a team. Congratulations, uh, you're better than Jerry and Grant. Give me a break. He's not that good. All I wanted in the Hawks game was for somebody to just blast him on a screen. He's just annoying. He's such a... I don't know. I can't get into Michael Carter-Williams. I don't know. He, he was, He's just a tryhard. He good for the magic. He's just a like, tryhard with no talent. And he thinks he's better than he is. Wow. He's, wow. he's just a tryhard. Just no. Go away. My dog's barking. I, right. I guess I got the dog riled up. No. I, I guess. He's just unwatchable. I don't want to watch a basketball game that has him in it. It just uglies everything up. Yeah. It makes it a not entertaining basketball game. It's just muck. Fun! All right. So, all right. So, I guess, should we be, like, picking games here? Like, I'm, I'm taking Milwaukee in four. What do you think? I mean, I already said here? both both. Both uh, series were sweeps. I thought we were. I thought I'm gonna. I'm gonna give Orlando one game. I'm gonna say. I'm the, gonna say four one. The, the Terrence Ross one. Yeah, Terrence Ross gets hot. Aaron Gordon gets hot. Vucevic does his regular thing. Somebody on the somebody on the Raptors have. has a bad shooting night. I I I think Milwaukee's just gonna dominate Detroit. I think there's. That Orlando can play enough defense that the one game that their offense doesn't suck, they'll be okay. Like, maybe. It's just, I mean, the Raptors just got a lot of good players. Like, we do. didn't even talk about Pascal. Siakam I know. We didn't say. Danny Green. It's just not. That's going to be so or mean. Serge Ibaka. Like Danny Serge Green. Serge Ibaka Kawhi. was a revenge game. Yeah. <laughs> it's just. It's not even fair. I, I don't know. I, yeah, I just don't see the magic. I don't see this Raptors team uh, giving the Magic any hope. Uh, so, like, I, I just think it's going to be a clean sweep. And, you know, the the 
the two favorites to me in the Eastern Conference Finals are probably going to have an easy first-round series. I kind of wish – I don't know. No, I, I take that back. But I am very excited for the Danny Green, Kawhi Leonard, Pascal Siakam 2-3-4 lineups in the playoffs. Just – they're going to be so mean to so many people that it's going to be fun. Yep. I just wish – I like Marcus All. Actually, I don't know. We'll we'll get to it when we get to it, but I think they're one of the teams that has a good chance against Milwaukee. I kind of liked the way Toronto lines up with them. And I kind of feel bad now that OG Ananobi is out because even if he comes back, he's not going to be the same, which is a real bummer. Yeah, OG, he's had a bad sophomore season. You know, he's, he's had a bad season, back, but... Back. Like, he's just... It's been a lot... Lot of nothing's gone right for him this right. year. We'll just leave it at that. That's fair. All right, so we're on the record. We've even said the number of games, right? You're, you're saying mm-hmm. four, and I'm saying five. All right. Yep. I guess if we're going in order, who's next? Philly? Sixers next. Yep. Uh, this one is weird. So we're just learning that Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid might miss game one. That's and so bad. If Embiid's not healthy, like the Nets might win this. I think the Sixers are like the Sixers are really bad when Embiid is not playing, and they're really bad because they have nothing on their bench. Their best bench player is Mike Scott. It is, he is. Uh, and if he's starting, there's nothing left. It's just empty cupboard. I mean, if Mike Scott is starting, the Nets are going to just roll them um, offensively. Like, the Sixers have no shot of, of stopping anything <laughs> the Nets want to do. Um, so that's going to be a problem. And then, you know, on offense, you know, the, the Sixers' advantage over the Nets was Joel Embiid putting – whoever the, the Nets want to trot out to guard him under the rim for easy, either a dunk or a free throw, uh, just due to the fact that Jared Allen doesn't have the physicality to really stop Embiid and, you know, Ed Davis saying, you know, he, he might be slightly better uh, guarding Embiid, but I don't see him doing anything to deter uh, a healthy Embiid. But if Embiid is hurt out or he's just not healthy and he, we're getting gimped, Gimpy Embiid, you know, trying to fight through a knee, knee injury, running up and down the floor. Like the Nets might run Embiid off this series, uh, and like the Nets might. I, I feel like the Nets might win this one. Um, uh, you know, D'Angelo Russell and so much D'Angelo depends Russell, on Embiid. It's so, it's, and Spencer. It's, it's, oh, sorry. And Spencer Dinwiddie, like. The Sixers have shown nothing to suggest to me that they can stop, you know, that type of point guard. Um, and, like, it, they don't have wing depth. Like, their only good wing defender is Jimmy Butler. Right. Uh, J.J. Redick. J.J. Redick is really bad defensively. Right. Uh, uh, Tobias Harris is really bad defensively as well. And he, he might be their second best medium. wing defender. I think he can. I think he can be. I don't think he'll be. Or train wreck. I think he'll be. I mean, he's just not average. Train he's wreck, not plus, but he's not. But, I don't think he's going to be a minus either. I think he's just going to be a player. I, yeah, I don't think he's average. And without Embiid, I think his weaknesses are going to get exposed. That's fair. Uh, defensively, um, Ben Simmons is the, is the team's probably either the best or second best, you know, overall defender and. You know, the problem with Ben Wait, Simmons is if Embiid is healthy, you think he's the second best defender? I'm I'm assuming Embiid is out. Oh, okay. So you're saying he's second best after Butler? He might be best or second best, depending on. I don't know Ben Simmons. He's, he's give, hard give me hear. Butler like, every single time. I don't I don't trust Ben Simmons defensively. He wasn't that good this year defensively. Yeah, but he's shown. He's shown an inclination to turn it up. Yeah. In games that I don't want to count on that. I don't want to count on that at all. (laughs) All right. So, like, if you were, 
if you were having a, a pickup game and you were just kind of saying, this is the best player, the second best player, like, and, and you go through the top six or ten players in this series, and Bede goes one? Of course. Who goes two? Embiid one, um, Simmons two, Tobias okay. Harris, no, Jimmy Butler three, Tobias Harris four. So you're taking four sixers before we take any nets. Uh, yeah, and and yet the so you, problem. You wouldn't take D'Angelo Russell two. before Tobias Harris. No, I would not. Take, I. Okay, I look that's at fair. Russell. I'm just making sure. I think he's had a good. I think I think DeAndre Russell had a good season. Okay, he's Tobias Harris is better than him. I don't right. like. Uh, this was DeAndre Russell's best season, and I, I'm not sure. It's, I don't think his true shooting percentage was even average. Uh, yep, that's fair. Okay, so I hear you. It's really hard for me to you know really be that high on DeAndre Russell, but at the same so time, we're spotting it's not about the four best players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's not like they don't fit the together. issue. It's not necessarily even that they don't fit together. It's that the Sixers have nothing behind them. All right, so let's keep and going beyond that. Keep, keep, and beyond keep going. That, the, the issue is a matchup. The issue is a matchup problem. Like the Sixers may have the top four guys, right? But they don't have a good defender for D'Angelo Russell. Like he's a bad matchup for him. The Sixers have struggled against teams with. The Nets point guard, you know, they struggled against the Trey Young types all season. Guys who are very good at shooting over the top of defenses in the pick and roll. If you, if you um, hide back, who can then if you, if you bring the big up, like which what the Sixers are going to have to do, right? You know, and um, you know, you know, Russell's crafty enough to get to where he wants to go and get to his mid range, get to his floater range, and he's really good at that. And so, like the Sixers. They can't do a switching scheme because of J.J. I mean, they can with the starters, but the starters can't play the full 48 all the way through. Where the Sixers, you know, they can come at you with DeAndre Russell and then they bring Spencer Dinwiddie off the bench. And, like, they're, they're, the, six, the, the Nets are really going to do attack those bench units because, I mean, the Sixers have nothing. <laughs> They've got nothing outside of their starting five. So if and you so so keep drafting then. Good, let's go back. So you gave me four. Who's five? D'Angelo Russell. Uh, we can go or Spencer Dinwiddie. I mean, I still look. Joe Harris. I like Dinwiddie. Uh, I like Dinwiddie. Then I like Russell, Joe Harris, JJ Redick. Okay. Uh, man, maybe Karis, I like Correct. Correct. Yeah. Karis LeVert, Rodney, Rodney and Kirk. Like, you're going, like, oh, basically every Kirk's. rotation player on the Nets. Okay. Uh, Kirk's is good. I <sighs> I like him. Again, another basketball player that I wish played for the Hawks who is a bit dirty, plays with physicality, and can make open three-pointers. Something the Hawks don't have anybody who does on does those three things on the perimeter. Super annoying. <laughs> but that's besides the point. Like, Kirk's Curse is a nasty player. He's going to get. He's going to start some crap against the Sixers, and the Sixers again really only have five basketball players. And Mike Scott, they have five and a half uh, rotation players. Um, it's going to be bad. It's going to be really hard. It, it was always. It was always going to be all like. At the same time, I thought the Sixers would, would have a relatively easy series if Embiid is healthy out there um, for every game, just due to the fact that the. The Nets have nobody who has any chance of stopping Embiid. But if Embiid's hurt like he is, like he's listed as doubtful. Like he's probably not going to play game one. If he's out, I, I don't know how the Sixers are going to get get stopped. And then at the same time, you know, Jimmy Butler ISOs. If if I'm a Nets defender, I'm not scared of that. I'm not scared of Ben Simmons if he's not in transition. Do you think exactly? Uh, that's that's one thing that might work you know, though, because the 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 Nets chuck up a lot of threes that aren't the greatest threes, and I wonder if maybe if they have a rebounding advantage that they can get something going with Simmons in transition. That's like one one little bit of a thread that makes me like this matchup. But generally speaking, 
It just seems like a bad but, but team without, to put against Philly. But for without Philly's in, sake. Like, without Embiid, oh, yeah. they're not going to be able to grab a contested rebound. Oh, I think um, they can. They, they've got good rebounders. There aren't, there aren't that many good rebounders on the Nets. The Nets aren't a good rebounding team, are they? That's true, but like, I, I would just tell Jared Allen to tap the ball out to the perimeter. Like, I don't think they have the length to uh, compete um, against – like, Ed Davis is going to kill them on the glass. I know that. Ed Davis uh, isn't going to play that much. You think he's – what does he play, 15 minutes a game? I mean, but those 15 minutes are going to be the difference. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, going to be the 15 That's going to be the basketball game. That's going to be the basketball game. Yeah. Uh, especially without like, – again, Embiid has to play uh, because they're going to play uh, Borja – uh, you know they're gonna play Marjanovic and like he's too slow. Like I, I don't know. I think the Sixers, the Sixers are gonna be in real trouble without him being. You you can probably play have... Boban if Ed Davis is out there, can't you? No. Or are you just gonna do the screening action and get him in the get him in some kind of pick and roll action where he's just lost? I mean, but it's gonna be an open. It's gonna be an open three point look every possession for D'Angelo Russell and Spencer Dinwiddie and. You know, just the basic pick and roll with Bullion's man, and I, I just don't know. Like, I don't know how the Sixers are going to get stopped at the moment. Um, but Jimmy Butler can only guard one person, <laughs> and even then, Jimmy Butler is not the defender he used to be. He's still, he's still good, right? Uh, you know, but you know, point guards are a bad matchup for Butler at his age, and Ben Simmons, like Ben Simmons, can do it. But, it, but, like, like I, I don't think Ben Simmons – like, I don't think DeAndre Russell's scared to go at Ben Simmons. Um, no. You know, Ben Simmons is, is, versus, is a versatile defender, but that doesn't necessarily mean he should be guarding the point of attack. Right. Uh, I, I, just, I just think this is a really bad matchup uh, for the Sixers. And, you know, the Nets – you know, the Nets – if I'm, the, if I'm a Nets – a fan or a player, like I'm not worried about a Sixers without Joel Embiid. Like, uh, so hopefully, hopefully he can get back somewhat healthy if he's going to miss Game One, and you know, because if he is, and he and they can get him for, you know, six games or so, maybe they can win. They can win. The Sixers can win in six, but if they can't get him. Because, uh, I mean, I think there's going to be even games with Embiid in the game that Sixers are going to struggle. Just oh, sure. Here, again, again, like, it's the the list of the good bench players Mike Scott. Like, it's not worth talking about anybody else on that bench. <laughs> uh, they're not good basketball players. And Mike Scott, Mike Scott was not good enough to be playing rotation minutes for the Hawks in the playoffs when he was good. Uh, and he's, like, I... I I just don't – I don't see it with the Sixers bench unit. and They're not deep. They're going to have to rely on everybody playing 40-plus minutes. I don't know if J.J. Redick has to – like, I don't know if he can do that. J.J. Redick can do that anymore as a basketball player. It's going to be a lot of uh, okay. of, of T.J. McConnell I asked, for the Sixers. Ugh. I asked Lloyd Pierce a question, kind of thinking about this series in particular. This isn't a very Hawks question, but Milwaukee was here a couple weeks ago and they played a lot of zone defense. And then the very next game, Brooklyn kind of flipped it back on them. Do you think that the use of the zone defense is going up, going down? Will any teams be using this in the playoffs as a changeup? I think the, the good question is, will we see it in the playoffs? You know, I was watching Miami the other night and, and a friend of mine asked me that. And he said, you know, Miami's playing a lot of zone. And if you know Eric Spolstra, that's about as far to the other side of the spectrum as you can get for him to be, you know, when teams went to switching, he was still aggressive. He blitzed Trey all year when we played him and, and hedging and blitzing. You know, that's that's one end, and that's how Miami's always been. To go to zone is kind of the other end, but they've done it, and a lot of teams have, have started to do that. I'm really curious to see if anyone does it in the playoffs. I do think people are, are starting to implement it more, um, and I don't know why. I'm not there yet. Um, I don't know if it's made. 
I haven't looked at the numbers of who's who's the best zone defensive team. I don't think there's anything special anyone's doing. Um, but there's a reason. I just don't know what the reason why a lot of teams are going in zone. I don't know if they're saving bodies or hiding defenders or, or what the case may be. But um, as we'll continue to explore how to get better defensively, um, that'll probably be the last place I look. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I just wanted to know, will Brooklyn, because they've done this at times this season, will Brooklyn throw something out there that looks like a zone? Especially if, let's say, Ben Simmons is on the floor and Joel Embiid is not. They love just planting Allen around the basket. Do you think they'll they'll try something like that in this series? Yeah, I don't know if they'll even run a zone. I think they'll just have Jared Allen, you know, just one man's play on Ben that. Simmons. Yeah, yeah. Just not guard Ben Simmons unless he's coming at the rim just due to the fact that there's there's no need to guard Ben Simmons. If, if you're if yeah. you can play your big against like if MB, really that's the issue. If MB's not playing, then you can just have your big guard Ben Simmons and not care about what happens elsewhere. Like right. and just have the, that big man be be playing one man's own helping wherever he, they he needs to help out. Okay. You want do you want to say anything more about this match, or do you want to go to no and I, prediction? I think like if Embiid's not playing, I think the Nets got this one uh, in six. But if Embiid, if they can get Embiid out there for a couple of games to swing the series, you're gonna make two different predictions. Uh, I mean, this is so wishy washy. If Embiid's not healthy. Kevin, if Embiid's not healthy, <laughs> the Sixers are going to lose the series. I, I feel... But Define is, not healthy. How about, play. how about Embiid plays versus Embiid doesn't play? Let's not even say healthy. Let's just say if he's active versus not active. We'll, we'll give you two contingencies, and you, you you set the threshold for how many games he needs to play here. Oh, man, see. But it, it does matter if he's healthy or not, because if he can't... If he can't get on the block and dominate like we've seen Embiid do, like this is going to like if he all right, I put it like this: if he plays, it's going seven. It's going to be a coin flip series, and I, I think I'd favor the the Sixers just due to the fact that Jimmy Butler, at the end of the day, can probably still generate some crap in isolation against the Nets. The issue is that if Embiid is not healthy and he's playing. And you can see it with his health defense. Like if his if his if Embiid's defense is bad because he's not healthy, the Sixers are going to be in real trouble and they'll they'll lose the series. So I don't know. Um, hopefully he can get that get was his an knee right. Long for, prediction didn't involve a lot of numbers. I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Nets in six or Sixers in seven. Okay, you know, it might be wishy washy, but. Like I was gonna if it, okay, so Nets. I, I thought Nets, Embiid was gonna wait. be healthy. I was gonna come out on here before this would say the Sixers and five. Uh, Sixers and five. Just to do oh. if Embiid was healthy, just due to the fact that the six the Nets have no chance to stop them. But now, like you know, it's a, it's a toss up series, so it, it's oh, I, just I wouldn't come go down that far. Luck. Like even if if Joel Embiid is a hundred percent healthy, I think this is like I still think this is. A Sixers and six or seven series, I would I wouldn't say five. All right, so I'll say I'll say Nets and six. I'm nervous about it, but I'm also really really nervous about the Seventy Sixers not shooting and not having anything off the bench. I imagine. Yeah, how maybe before we leave this, maybe I'll change my prediction if you really convince me here. But like, how crazy can they get with the minutes on somebody like Butler if they really need him? Form former Tibbs uh, pupil in two different cities. I mean, I, I think he's going to be playing forty five, forty six minutes a game in this oh. series because we're going to need him for that much. Wow, I don't. I'm going to backtrack. I'll just and say I think, Nets and, and I, seven. Honestly, 
and I think that's going to be the Sixers' chance to beat the Nets. Um, like it'll hurt them because like, the Nets. It'll say that you you know the Nets aren't uh, sorry the Sixers aren't going to get to the finals doing that. They're not going to play Jimmy Butler forty five minutes a game, even with you know one and sometimes two days between games. They'll have him burnt out when they really really need him against a Milwaukee or a Toronto if they get that far. But yeah, they might be able to just I mean, run him dry in this series and then run out of gas later. Ah, I don't like picking the series. Yeah, I know. We should just <laughs> not pick it and move on to the. It's the only interesting one. Series. All right, the Celtics Pacers. Wait, no, no, no! I got to make a pick here. You did. You said Nets and six. Yeah, no, and then I changed it to Nets and seven, and I. I then the more Butler plays, then the you less said I, Nets and seven. Yeah, I went from Nets and six to Nets and seven, and if Butler's playing forty-five minutes a game, like if they get really, really crazy, that's almost enough to make you want to say Sixers and seven. Which I think I'll say that I, I think the the Sixers shoot their wad in this first first round series, and then just get demolished in the next round by Toronto. Yeah, and maybe they get you know, you know. Yeah, I can see that. I'm going to say Sixers and seven, and then just Embiid and Butler are just going to be a train wreck in the next series because they're going to play Embiid hurt, and they're going to play Butler too many minutes. Mm. That's where I'm going. Sixers and seven. All right, now now we can do Boston-Indiana. Uh, I don't know. Indiana doesn't have anybody who can guard Kyrie Irving. That's where and, I wanted to start. Damn it! You stole my line. Now what am I going to say? Like I think I think it's I think it's a fun <laughs> thing to say that the Pacers are going to win this series. Oh my God! No, it's going really? to be close. It's going to be close. Just due to how the Celtics have struggled, but uh, like the Celtics really should steamroll uh, this particular Pacers team. They're not particularly good, especially without Victor Oladipo. Uh, like the Celtics, as long as Al Horford is out there and healthy. Shouldn't really have any problems. Uh, I think it's going to be Celtics in five. I do think the Pacers play with a lot of hard effort and energy, so they, they'll probably get one. They might even get two, but, like, to me, I, I just feel like – I feel like this Celtics team, they're going to play up that nobody believes in this card and really turn it up in the playoffs. Not having Marcus Smart hurts them a lot, uh, but I think that's going to hurt them more in the next series than this one, but – I, I don't think this. I don't think the um, Celtics are going to have too much trouble with this Pacers team. Yeah, I think the Pacers have like a Spursian kind of quality in the sense that whenever you play this team against a bad basketball team, they just beat the crap out of it. Like they, they just, you know what I mean. Like they're not mm-hmm. necessarily an elite team, but they win the games that they're supposed to win. I, I don't particularly like the Pacers bench. Like Corey Joseph, Tyreek Evans, McDermott. It's hard to get excited there. Tyreek can't shoot, can't finish. Corey Joseph doesn't want to shoot. And against the Hawks. Okay, well they're not playing the Hawks. <laughs> yeah, sadly for sadly for Tyreek Evans, he's not playing the Atlanta Hawks defense, so and it's going to be a struggle for him. Who do, you, who do they actually guard? Like you say, they have nobody to guard Kyrie. Who gets that job? Is it going to be Darren Collison? Good luck. Uh, uh, Darren Collison. Wes Matthews? I, I don't Kyrie know. What do they do? Uh, they might try Wes Matthews on them, uh, but... I don't like that either. I mean, Wes Matthews doesn't have a chance either. No. So that's He's not the Wes Matthews of five years ago. Yeah, good luck. He's Pacers. old. Sabonis, what do you think of Sabonis? See, when when you were talking about Kuroots before, I was like that 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 was all the kind of stuff that I would say about Sabonis. Just kind of a, a post player version of Kuroots, like dirty sob, like just nasty and mean inside, like all the elbows and pushes and crap, like basically fouls on every play. But when you do that, you get that- away with a lot. Um. I mean, Sabonis might be the Pacers' best chance uh, really of doing anything due to 
due to maybe Sabonis can uh, find some easy offense against the Celtics bigs. Uh, you know, he's going to have a hard time against Al Horford. Yeah, well, I was going to say, he's going to get I'm a lot gonna, of time against I feel, Horford. I feel like Sabonis, like Sabonis, uh, he's the type of big Horford has struggled with in the past and that he's, right. both, he's stronger than him and he's crafty. Just kind of be mean so, to him. Yeah, so Elbow. like maybe they, maybe, maybe the, um, maybe the Pacers can do something with that, but. I mean, Sabonis is, you know, at the end of the day, he's he, he's really good. Like, he's a really good basketball player. He's a good basketball player. Like, he has but, good skills for, like, shooting and stuff. Like, he's got a nice touch. He's a decent passer. Yeah, he gets but, a lot like, of rebounds. But the, the problem is that the Celtics have a lot of really good basketball players. Exactly. Too. I mean, they got. It's like what I was saying before about uh, the Pacers, like, beating up on bad teams. Like, if you play Sabonis against a crappy team, and a crappy, you know, if he's got a crappy mismatch, he'll absolutely demolish it. But I think the Celtics have enough good players that he won't get. Yeah, that they much don't have time. enough good. I don't think the Celtics have enough good bigs though. Um, outside of um, Horford and maybe Baines, I think Baines uh, is going to be. I mean, Morris is fine. Like nothing to get excited about, but yeah, he's, but he's not going to get played Morris, off the Mark, court. Marcus Morris is not going to play. Is not going to be able to um, guard Sabonis. That's that's a bad matchup for the Celtics, just due to how Sabonis likes to operate. I, um, so that like it's going to be a lot of interesting. Then you just put Horford there and, and put that. put Morris on Miles Turner. Yeah, and you know that and that's basically the series. So it's it's you know it's going to come down to you know can the Pacers. Um, generate offense because I think defensively, while they're, they're going to have a hard time against Kyrie Irving, you know the, the Pacers are still a decent uh, defensive team. Right. Like they're not going to give up anything easy. Like right. the Celtics aren't going to get clean looks. The problem is just that Kyrie Irving is just such a a great shot maker. Like it's, it's just going to be, and and the Pacers don't have that that point guard defender to really keep Kyrie Irving in check. Um, like I, I just. It's just going to be really tough for them um, in the whole. And, like, on the other end, like, it's going to be hard for the Pacers to score. Really, and really with uh, that Baines-Wolford lineup, considering the Pacers don't really shoot that many threes from the big men, it's just going to be a struggle. This also feels like a series where, I mean, there are so many matchups in the East where losing Marcus Smart, you'd say, oh, God, the Celtics could be dead because they don't have Marcus Smart to guard this player. I don't feel like they really, I mean, they're going to miss Marcus Smart, but I don't think it's this series where they feel that way. I think um, they can get by you know, without Bo- Bogdanovich might have a good series, um, but, you know, Jalen Brown should be, you know, capable enough um, to stop, you know, Boyan from doing what, what he wants to do. It's really unfortunate that Victor Oladipo is just not here for the Pacers, this was a really good basketball team. Like, if Victor was here, I I think I'd be comfortable, especially with Marcus Smart not playing, like, I, I'd have gone Pacers. Wow. If Victor was healthy, they probably, they probably, I mean, the, the Pacers would have been the three-seed if Victor was healthy. Like, that, they were on that track. Um, and then, you know, since then, they've been, since Victor's been hurt, they've been a 500 team, and it's just they they just don't have that elite talent to take them over the top, right? Uh, That's the way fair. they did last season. Okay, so you want to put a number on that one? Celtics in? Uh, I go Celtics in six. I got a lot of respect for how the Pacers team play. I think I think they're going to get two off the Celtics. Um, you know, just due to. You know, maybe two games where Bojan, you know, Bojan got got it going on offensively, him and Sabonis, and then, you know, defensively they're going to scrap for everything. Uh, so, does any of the should, oh, I, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be an entertaining series uh, relatively, but I, I I don't think that the Pacers have a realistic chance of beating the Celtics. Uh, four games out of seven, so I, I, I'm i going to go with Celtics in six. 
Yeah, if Toronto and Milwaukee get rolling, they might have to put Scott in the series just to keep a couple couple extra games in the East going. <laughs> Whoops, did I say that? I might have to edit that out. I hope you do. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So yeah, I I we don't we're not going to differ in a lot of places. I think I want to say Celtics in 6 as well. Before we leave it, do you, do you think any of the Kyrie weirdness factors in in this series? Like, if Indiana tastes any success early, you think that you can get into the Celtics mentally? Man, if, if they win like a game Kyrie one or something, like off the court, maybe, but on the court, like Kyrie turns it up for the playoffs. Kyrie, like this is his time. Yeah. He's so amazing I, to watch. He's he's like maybe my favorite player to watch. I just love watching. It's him. so infuriating rooting against his team when he has it going because it feels like there's literally nothing the defender can do to stop him. Right. And like in the playoffs, like he's just going to have it going some nights, and it's just it's going to be so demoralizing for the Pacers when they're playing great defense for you know twenty seconds in the shot clock, and then Kyrie just pulls something out of his butt. <laughs> Um, like it, it's gonna be, it's gonna be, t- it's gonna be that type of series. So, but you know, I really like the Pacers' uh, mentality, and I, I think they can hang with them. And you know, they're gonna be good enough to. to I, I feel like the Pacers are gonna be good enough to steal a couple from the from this Celtics team without Marcus Smart. If they have Marcus Smart, I, I think you know they, the the Celtics would really choke the life out of the Pacers. Right. Um, That's fair. I believe um, that. Because they, they don't have the they don't have the perimeter talent to really challenge uh, the Celtics. And if Marcus Smart was playing, he, he would have just blew everything up the Pacers wanted to do on, on offense. But uh without him, I, I think the Pacers are gonna, you know, be respectable and lose in six. Okay. Uh, I'm with you. Celtics in six. Uh maybe we can come full circle here for a second. Never mind. My dog is sneezing and gross. <laughs> no, I, th- I think I, th- I think that's the sign. Yeah, I think we need to just end. Any any closing thoughts? No. Um. You know. Hopefully, these series can wrap up fairly quickly so we can get to the good, the good games. Uh, at least in the Eastern Conference and yeah. in the West too. Honestly, I hear you. <laughs> This, this is just season, such a fun new toy, though, that the East is – the East feels like yeah, an unsolved but, mystery. Like, we don't really know how it's going to shake out. But there's only four good teams. And yeah. and in the West, in the West, all the good teams are on the same side of the bracket. And so now it's like it's weird. after the second round between Golden State and whoever, like, the Western Conference is going to be a dud in the finals. Right. Um yeah, I can see that. So that's, that's going to be kind of disappointing. Well, we can we can deal with that when we come to it. We'll have to do uh, do this again, maybe for both conferences in the next round. All right, let's see some playoff basketball first. Then then we'll really know what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, agreed. Tyler. So no more speculation about Embiid. Oh. Yeah, that's a bummer. It is a bummer. That that would have been an interesting series, and now it's going to be. It's gonna feel empty. It's gonna feel like a hollow, a hollow series of ugliness. Yeah. All right. Well, very good. We'll do it again soon. I hope. Thanks, Tyler. No problem, Kevin. See ya.